0: of the
1: third kind
2: Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron and I am one of your hosts. There's another host that is joining me, Daniel Sun. Yo, what's up guys? Now real quick before we start this episode today, I just want to say there is a bird outside of Daniel's window and it will not stop chirping. So if you hear a bird, it's because the government created this drone bird that's outside of his window to try to screw up our episode, but it's not going to work because we're going to power through it, okay? So just a heads up. I'll get it later. Also, uh, before we start today's episode, I do want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that.
0: One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon
2: episodes. In total, we have over 106 extra Patreon episodes. And guess what? That is a lot of extra hours for your listening pleasure. So to see that full list of all the extra Patreon episodes, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the Patreon Episodes tab. There, you will see the entire list of all the past Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published.
0: Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is about chemtrails. So you get access to that episode as well as all of the others for just $5.
2: Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, But you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify, and that helps us out a lot.
0: However, don't feel the pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show.
2: And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is about harp and not the one that you play, okay? This is totally different. So how this episode will go today is we'll talk about what is Harp, when it was created, and kind of go over a brief history of it, and then we'll go into some strange facts and findings that we have uncovered while researching it, and then we'll go into the theories, and of course wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode.
0: In the year 1993, in a small town in Alaska, the United States government started building a $290 million facility.
2: This facility was said to be a state-of-the-art research facility to help scientists better understand what is happening in our atmosphere.
0: However, over the past 20 years, Many individuals claim that this facility was built for more nefarious purposes.
2: Such as weather manipulation, mind control, and even as a weapon of war. This is All Alright, so before we get into those theories of weather manipulation, mind control, you know, all that good stuff. Let's first talk about what HARP is exactly and get a little bit of history about it. And it's not going to be dry and it's not going to be boring, okay? Just trust us, all right? So, Dan, can you start that off?
0: So, what is HARP? Well, to understand what HARP is, we have to go back to when it was created. So, back in the late 1980s, there were a bunch of smart ass scientists all sitting down outside. Having a picnic, smoking the devil's lettuce, throwing back some drinks, talking to one another.
2: Now, as these scientists were just sitting there talking, you know, chopping it up with one another, they decided to look up into the sky. And one of them said, Damn, you know, maybe we should start studying that, you know, the atmosphere and shit. And boom, HARP was created. Well, not exactly HARP, the facility itself. But the idea of harp was created at that moment. And it wasn't exactly created like that, but it's pretty damn close, okay?
0: So what truly happened was back in the late 1980s, the scientific community wanted to start studying the ionosphere. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the hell is the ionosphere? Well, we have the atmosphere, right? So there are different layers of the atmosphere. The most top portion of the atmosphere is called the ionosphere.
2: Now, this ionosphere is super hard for scientists to actually study. Weather balloons cannot reach it because the air way up that high is too thin. Satellites can't orbit there because the air is too thick. So, needless to say, scientists didn't really know what the hell was going on up there in the ionosphere because they couldn't figure out a way to study it.
0: Then, all of a sudden, these scientists got an idea. Let's create a giant facility that can shoot high-powered radio signals up to the ionosphere, have it reflect those radio waves, and then measure the reflected signal. We could study these reflected signals and better understand how the ionosphere changes over time, and it would help us optimize various communication technologies. And that is how the idea of HARP, also known as High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, was created.
2: Now, fast forward to a few years later. It's 1990. During this time, the United States Senator, Ted Stevens, he went up to the government and was like, Hey, I have an idea to pitch to you. Here is HARP, and it's the study of the ionosphere, and give me funding for it. The government was like, All right, here you go. So the United States Navy, Air Force, the University of Alaska Fairbanks, and DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, they all decided to fund this HARP project. So in
0: 1993, the United States Air Force selected Gakona, Alaska, as the location for them to start building the HARP facility. Now, the reason that the Air Force said that they selected this location in Alaska is because of a few things.
2: So, one of the first reasons is that the area is near a major highway. This would give the facility in Gakona, Alaska, easy year-around access. Now, another reason is that the area in Gakona is away from densely settled areas that contain electrical noise and lights. So there's not a lot of light pollution in that area. Also, that area has a flat terrain. It's in an auroral zone. And building the facility would also have minimal environmental impacts. So basically, this Gakona, Alaska is in the middle of freaking nowhere.
0: But it has a highway close to it, so it's easy access, middle, middle of nowhere, and it won't hurt the environment that much. 100%,
2: Dan. So, like we said, in
0: 1993, the Hart facility began construction. By the winter of 1994, the first functional facility was completed, and its total cost at the time. Was around $290 million. So, over the next 20 years, the facility would continue to receive upgrades and funding, including over $250 million in tax funded construction upgrades.
2: When it was all said and done, HARP became the world's most capable, high powered, high frequency transmitter for the study of the ionosphere. It was a giant research facility that had over 180 high-frequency antennas spread across 33 acres of land. Now, these antennas are able to radiate 3.6 megawatts into the upper atmosphere and ionosphere and transmit frequencies in various different ranges. So, it's sending an assload of megawatts up into the ionosphere. And I have two pictures that I'll post up on our website. You can just go to theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the little drop-down in the upper right, click on References, and scroll all the way down to the bottom. And there you can see two pictures of Harp. The first picture is kind of like an eagle-eye view of the facility itself and all of the transmitters side-by-side. And there is a lot of trees in the area. And then the next picture is kind of like a close-up view standing underneath the transmitters. Which, they look like a bunch of telephone poles. They do. Just a lot of telephone poles. So there you go. If you want, go take a look at those pictures. Pretty interesting stuff.
0: All right. So from the year 1999 to 2014, over 20 major research campaigns and studies were conducted at the facility by various government groups and universities. Then, all of a sudden, in May of 2014, it was announced that the government was shutting down the HARP program and the facility permanently. Following that, in August of 2015, the Air Force turned the HARP facility over to the University of Alaska Fairbanks.
2: Now, even though the University of Alaska Fairbanks was pretty much given the HARP facility, they didn't really have any money to run it. Well, luckily, they were able to get a $9.3 million grant from the National Science Foundation that enabled the university to maintain this harp facility and kind of like expand its operations.
0: So as of today, you can't go take a tour of the facility. However, the university does do an annual open house where they allow scientists from all over to come visit the facility. Also, if you wanted to rent the facility and use it, well, the university will allow that. However, they do charge an hourly rate of $5,000 an hour to use the facility.
2: God dang! An hour, (laughs) five thousand bucks an hour to go shoot radio waves up into the ionosphere and manipulate the minds of individuals. Wait, they will actually allow us to use it? I think you have to have like certain credentials to go use it. They don't allow like anybody with five grand to go use it for an hour. Darn. Yeah. All right. So that is Harp in a nutshell. So pretty much, it's just a big ass facility that was created in the middle of nowhere by the government that shoots frequencies way up into the sky. Those frequencies then bounce back down. They study those frequencies that have reflected back down to figure out, you know, what the hell's going on in the ionosphere. Now, as simple and boring as that may seem, there are many theories that surround this Harp facility. Like we mentioned earlier, you know, People saying it controls others' minds, or maybe like the government uses it as a way to manipulate the weather. You know, things like that. Now, before we get into those juicy theories, let's first talk about some strange facts and findings that we came across when we started looking into harp. So, Dan, do you want to tell us about this first one?
0: Of course. So, the first strange fact and finding that we are going to talk about comes straight from the harp website. So, on the main HARP website, there's a little facts section. And in that facts section, they have some pretty interesting stuff that we're going to talk about.
2: So, the first FAQ on their website states Is HARP a classified project? And under that, they put No, HARP is not classified. An environmental impact study was conducted during 1992 to 1993 in accordance with the National Environmental Policy Act. The environmental impact process documents have always been and are now a matter of public record. So that's the first FAQ. Tell us about the next one, Dan, which it goes from being like, okay, this is like a semi-reasonable FAQ question to they're jumping right into it, you know.
0: So the next one is, can HARP exert mind control over people? And they respond with no. Neuroscience is a complex field of study carried out by medical professionals, not scientists and researchers at HARP. I mean, right to the point.
2: Yeah. Same thing with this next FAQ, which is Can HARP create chemtrails? Which, if you are a Patreon member, you will see that we released a Patreon episode today over chemtrails. So go take a listen to that. But, anyways. The HARP website says, no, HARP cannot create chemtrails. Contrails, aka chemtrails, are produced by condensation from the exhaust of jet engines. Just as water coming from your car's tailpipe condenses to produce ice fog on a cold Alaskan winter morning, water from a jet engine's exhaust condenses in the very cold upper atmosphere. HARP doesn't produce water in the atmosphere. It has no capability to release gases or liquids, and does not interact with existing water in clouds. So that's what they said about chemtrails, hmm. which we're not agreeing with that, and we're not disagreeing with that. If you want to hear our opinion about chemtrails, just shoot on over to our Patreon episode that we released today about it, and we dive super deep into it. Oh, yeah. So tell us about this next FAQ, Dan. All right, the next one.
0: Can HARP control or manipulate the weather? And they reply,
2: Yes! I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit, though? If <laughs> yeah. they were like, Yeah, we control the weather, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> we're gonna make it rain on you, take that!
0: But no, they answer no. Radio waves in the frequency ranges that HARP transmits are not absorbed in either the troposphere or the stratosphere, the two levels of the atmosphere that produces Earth's weather. Since there is no interaction, there is no way to control the weather. The Harp system is basically a large radio transmitter. Radio waves interact with electrical charges and currents and do not significantly interact with the troposphere.
2: That was a long-ass explanation to if they control and manipulate weather. Yeah. I just got to say that, okay?
0: I guess they wanted to get every angle.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I guess let's go into the next strange fact in Finding Dan, which kind of connects this.
0: Now, our next strange fact and finding is about cloud seeding. So we go into this in super detail on our Patreon episode that we released today about chemtrails. However, we figure that since Harp mentioned weather manipulation, that we would bring cloud seeding up real quick.
2: Yeah, I mean, Harp was the ones that mentioned weather manipulation first on their website. So let's dive into it and talk about cloud seeding. So what is cloud seeding? Well, basically, it's a way to make clouds produce rain or snow. Now, how do they do this? Well, they introduce tiny ice nuclei into certain types of sub-freezing clouds, and then bada-bing, it rains or it snows. And this is a fact. This really happens. This is a real thing. Cloud seeding, a.k.a. weather manipulation. Oh. Yeah. So, Dan, tell us a little bit of history about it.
0: All right. So, this is how cloud seeding you know, was created. We go back in the year 1915. There was a huge drought going on in San Diego, California. Now, the city of San Diego was getting desperate for some rain. So, the town heard of a man named Charles Hatfield, who could supposedly make it rain. This Charles guy claimed that when he evaporated his secret chemical brew on top of wooden towers, that it would attract rain clouds.
2: I mean, of course, the city of San Diego was skeptical at first. However, the drought was getting extremely bad. They were desperate, and they said, screw it, go ahead, Charles, do your thing, and make it rain. Well, Charles went up on top of the, you know, wooden towers, he evaporated his secret chemical, and guess what? It rained for the next 17 days over san diego they ended up getting a total of 28 inches of rain and this rain ended up destroying over 100 bridges roads communication lines and left thousands of people homeless so it's like charles man he must have he must have figured something out you know
0: he must have evaporated a shit ton of his secret
2: chemical oh yeah he's like you guys want rain we're gonna give it to you (laughs)
0: So of course, like we mentioned, we go way more into detail about cloud seeding in today's Patreon episode over chemtrails, but we figured we just, we would just give you a little taste of what it was about since we mentioned weather modification. And to continue on with this weather modification trend, let's go into our next strange fact and finding.
2: Yeah, I figured we couldn't leave this strange fact and finding out because it's almost unbelievable. And I never heard about this until I started researching into this. Have you ever heard of Operation Popeye? I've heard of Popeye, the sailor. But not the Operation Popeye by the uh, U.S. government? No. All right. Well, let me hit you with some knowledge. So back between 1967 to 1972, there was a highly classified weather modification program in Southeast Asia called Operation Popeye. Now, this operation was during the Vietnam War. And it started on March 20th, 1967, and lasted until July 5th, 1972. So what this operation entailed was that the United States government was purposely making it rain in certain areas as a way to help them in the war. And how they were doing this was by cloud seeding. Damn. Hmm. Operation Popeye.
0: So a little knowledge nugget to stick in your back pocket about this operation is that the former U.S. Secretary of Defense, Robert McNamara, knew about this operation. However, when he found out about it, it was early in development and wasn't classified. Now, Robert was like, oh shit, we can't let the international scientific community know about it. They might stop us from doing this. So he decided to write a memo to the president at the time and tell him that this should be classified as it is considered a part of national security. So, of course, this operation was classified because of that.
2: And another little knowledge nugget to add in your back pocket with that one, Dan, is that the Secretary of Defense, Melvin Laird, well, he was questioned by Congress around this time. Congress said, hey, does the United States have a program, you know, that sort of like modifies the weather? And if so, do they use it as like a tactical weapon for like any wars or anything like that? That Secretary of Defense denied that the United States possessed such technology of weather modification and denied that if they did, they would use it in war, which clearly the United States did have that technology at the time, and they were using it. So he just lied to Congress. Arrest him. Citizens arrest on Melvin Laird, or however you pronounce your name. I don't even know if he's alive still. Let's see. Nope. He died in
0: 2016. Darn. Damn. I thought Vietnam got a lot of rain from what I hear. I mean, recently talking to uh, my aunt over there, she, like, they just got a shit ton of rain.
2: So, like, I mean, they're used to it. Yeah, they have monsoon seasons, but even like between those seasons, they were using this Operation Popeye to still make it rain. So the people over there were like, what the hell? That's a lot of rice. Oh my God.
0: Well, that's what they were using the monsoons for and all that stuff. They grow a lot of rice.
2: Just to FYI to anybody listening, Dan's family is from Vietnam, so there you go.
0: My uncle raises fish over there, I believe. Tilapia? No, I I don't think it's tilapia. I forgot what kind of fish. I gotta ask, but no, he has like a little fish farm thing. It has like little ponds, like around his uh, houses and stuff.
2: Oh. I gotta get pictures. Well, hey, you know what? That'll be good for when we have our, um, not community. Compound? (laughs) Compound. There we go. When we start our compound, you can have a little fish farm. I mean, shoot, we'll have uh, healthy food. (laughs) Yeah. Organic. Is that organic? I don't know. All natural. All right, Dan, tell us about this next strange fact and finding.
0: All right, so our next strange fact and finding is about, you know, some weird noises. So many locals near Harp state that they can hear weird low-frequency background hums at various times. Now, a lot of the humming noises that they do hear They contribute to harp being used, but we don't really have much on those humming noises. The couple videos that I found
2: were actually deleted. Oh, so you're saying that people that live near harp are hearing this weird hum and are saying, hey, this hum is from harp. Exactly.
0: I guess only when it's like they're actually actively using it.
2: Okay. I mean, supposedly it's heard all around the world. We kind of go over some strange uh, noises and stuff heard around the world. Uh, what episode was that? It's an episode a while back. It was way back. Yeah, we went over strange noises and stuff. And I think the hum was one of the ones that we talked about.
0: Yeah. That and uh, trumpets in the sky, which a lot of some people were just like, oh, that's part of harp as well. I'm like, eh, I don't know about the trumpets. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a strange fact right there, which, I mean, I wish I could have found some from actively from Alaska
2: but well they're covering it up deleting the YouTube videos of the evidence
0: I mean I did find one from uh, Holland in August of 2016 which is a pretty interesting hum
2: alright so we'll take a listen to that right now That is a weird sound. That would drive me insane.
0: Sounds like someone's dryer is about to die.
2: Dryer or like a big thing of bees? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd go nuts if that was going on outside. I couldn't take that.
0: The video is an hour and 37 minutes long, and it just, I think the sound lasts almost the whole video.
2: An hour and 37? I thought it was a minute 37. I mean a minute and 37. Oh. Hey,
0: I mean, he started the video, he started recording, and it was still going, so... It could have been an hour. Who knows?
2: Mm, weird sound. If anyone has experienced that sound and contributes it to Harp, send us an email at Aaron at Theories of the Third dot com, or you can send it to Dan at Theories of the Third dot com. Yeah, We'd love to hear your story and the sound. And did it control you? Ooh. All right. So let's talk about this next strange fact and finding. So this next strange fact and finding occurred in November of 2016. So in Atlanta, Georgia, two men were arrested by the local sheriff's office for apparently planning to invade the Harp facility. Now, after their arrest, the sheriff's office stated that the men possessed a massive arsenal of rifles, handguns, and thousands of rounds of ammunition. The sheriff... Also stated that the men wanted to destroy the harp facility because they believed it manipulates the weather, controls the minds of everyone, and even traps the souls of people. The police also said that the men confessed and said that, and I quote, God told them to go and blow this machine up that kept souls. So the souls of individuals could be released. It's a very odd, strange fact and finding, which that is the first time I've ever heard anybody kind of mix harp and souls of individuals, like harp holding on and containing the souls of individuals. It's a very interesting view and thought process behind that theory.
0: Yeah. I don't know what to say about that.
2: (laughs) Very, very weird. All right, Dan, so tell us about this last strange fact and finding that we got.
0: All right, so this last strange fact and finding, Russia. So on August 8th of 2002, the Moscow Interfax, which is a news agency in Russia, well, they published a really odd article about Harp. The article said, and we quote,
2: Russia has expressed concerns about the United States' program to develop a new type of weapon. Under the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, aka Harp, the United States is creating new geophysical weapons that may influence the near-Earth medium with high-frequency radio waves.
0: The significance of this technological leap could be compared to the transition from cold steel to firearms or from conventional weapons to nuclear weapons. This new type of weapon differs from previous types, and that the near-Earth medium becomes at once an object of direct influence and its components.
2: These conclusions were made by the Commission of the State International Affairs and Defense Committees. The committees reported that the United States is planning to test three facilities of this kind. One of them is located on the military testing ground in Alaska, and its full-scale tests are to begin in early 2003. The second one is in Greenland, and the third one is in Norway.
0: The U.S. plans to carry out large-scale scientific experiments under the HARP program, and not controlled by the global community, will create weapons capable of breaking the radio communication lines and equipment installed on spaceships and rockets, provoke serious accidents in electricity networks and in oil and gas pipelines, and have a negative impact on the mental health of people populating entire regions the deputy said. They demanded that an international ban be put on such large-scale geophysical experiments.
2: So that was a very interesting article from Russia, right, in 2002. Yeah. Hmm. Very weird and odd, you know? I just happened to stumble across that article and I was like, oh, okay. No, it just kind of reminds me of the BioLabs. Oh, which we did an episode over the BioLabs? Yeah. Very good episode. Everybody should check it out. That was pretty good. All right, so that's pretty much some strange facts and findings about HARP, and now we're gonna get into the juicy stuff. We're gonna get into the theories. Okay. Now before we get into that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. So let's talk about this first theory. So this one is called mind control. So this theory is that basically the government is using HARP as a way to mind-control the population. Now, this theory states that HARP is a cover-up, and instead, the waves that are being sent into the atmosphere are actually being transmitted into the brains of the population and mind-controlling everyone. It also states that HARP produces this ELF and ULF radio waves, sometimes causing unusual behavioral responses in animals and in humans as well. Now, the most well-known examples of these waves is when animals act very strange right before an earthquake occurs. So this is the first theory, that Harp isn't actually studying the ionosphere. Instead, they're sending these waves out and using it as a way to mind control the entire world. Oh. Kind of far-fetched out there because if they were doing that, why would they give the facility over to the University of Alaska Fairbanks? Or maybe it's just a cover-up. Maybe the government said that they gave it to the university when in reality the government is still the ones that are, that is operating it. Or maybe they just took out the specific equipment that sends out the mind control waves. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they built it as a way to study the ionosphere And then they're like, hey, we can do mind control stuff too. And it didn't work that well. So they were like, eh, scrap it, just turn it back into studying the ionosphere and get rid of it. All right, Dan, tell us about this next theory. Before we get into that, let's take
0: a quick break. We will be right back. All right, welcome back. All right, this next theory is called global warming. So this theory is that HARP is actually being run by the elite who are using this facility to puncture holes into the atmosphere to help speed up global warming. The reason that the elites want global warming to be sped up is so that the majority of the population will be killed off and then the elite can come back to the surface, repair the hole, and repopulate the Earth and control it how they want. (laughs) Now, (laughs) some are saying that this is why the elites have a lot of underground bunkers.
2: Uh, Okay, first of all, the elites do have a lot of underground bunkers. That's a fact, okay? That they do. Number two... (sighs) Aren't they the ones that are saying, hey, stop global warming? Yeah. Why would they want to stop it when this whole theory is like, hey, they want to use harp to create global warming to kill off the population so they can come back to the surface? If they killed off the population, who would be their quote-unquote slaves? Who could they control? They need us. They just want to kill off most of the population, not all of them. Oh, okay. I
0: don't know, sleight of hand. Oh, we don't want we don't want this to happen, but secretly they're doing it.
2: Yeah, or maybe. Ooh, I got a good theory. All right, follow me on this, Dan. Okay, okay. Back in the eighties, late eighties, the government found out. Holy shit! There's either an alien race or there's an AI that's traveling the universe, or an, a very hostile alien race in the universe, and they're traveling around looking for life, and they exterminate it. So they're like, how do we come up with a way to stop this alien race from finding out that there is life on this planet? And then they said, oh, we got to put like a shield up, sort of like a barrier to hide all of us. So uh, they created this harp as a way to beam up this shield in the ionosphere. Now, not a physical shield, but sort of like a, I don't know, like an electrical shield or something like that, that... um, reflects whatever the aliens are sending down. Now, I'm just shooting from the hip here, people. Don't send me emails calling me stupid, all right? Just shooting from the hip, just theorizing, just hypothesizing, okay? Mm. Harp is a way to protect us. If it was a way to protect
0: us, why would they just stop it then?
2: Well, they just initially needed a way to put up the shield, and then they put it up, and then uh, they don't need it anymore. Oh. Maybe there's multiple different type of aliens, right? Maybe there's, like, little bitty gray aliens. And then there's, like, giant reptilian aliens. And the gray aliens are already on Earth. And they're like, yo, you need to create this type of facility, create a barrier around your Earth so these reptilian aliens don't come down here and kill us all. So they gave the technology to the government to build this heart facility to shoot up this kind of, like, electrical shield to block the reptilian's Signals,
0: hmm. Okay, just go
2: on, go on sci-fi with it, baby. Go on
0: sci-fi. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to like roll off of that. Just maybe that there's just like some toxic waves f- coming from space, and like you said, harp was a way to, I guess, like counter that.
2: And they only need to do the just the first phase of it. How the sun ejects like certain radiation towards us. Yeah, you're saying that there's some other type of substance or energy that's hurtling at us and they didn't want to startle the world, so instead they created harp as a way to put a barrier around the world to protect us from this substance.
0: Good. I mean what? It sends out high frequency waves, right? Yep. Can't high frequency waves be very, like deadly in a way? If it's like concentrated? I don't know. I'm saying like, you know how like we're always shooting signals out into space hoping something will Contact us back,
2: which is dumb. But yes, maybe
0: something else is sending doing the same thing, and that was a way to stop it. Hmm. Maybe so people, so civilians can't pick up their signals. It's like, oh, there is space out there. Ooh. Or there's okay. Something out there in they're
2: space. they're blocking the uh, signals from the aliens, the other aliens. Okay. All right. Yeah. Damn, Daniel.
0: They're they're jamming the signal, man. It's not where I was going with it, but it just. It came out that way, so it works.
2: <laughs> hey, I love it. So this next theory that we got is called storms. So this theory is that the government uses harp as a way to create hurricanes or just really bad storms in general. Now, something worth noting is that in 2005, we had Hurricane Katrina, Wilma, and Rita. Now, that 2005 Atlantic hurricane season was the most active Atlantic hurricane season in history. That was until 2020, right? That's when that season uh, beat out the 2005 season. But 2005 season, number two in the books, super bad. I remember that one. Now, it, it could just be a huge coincidence, but it is worth noting that during that 2005 season, HARP did get funding. Of over 49.3 million dollars that year, which was the most it's ever gotten. So, like I said, is coincidence? Eh, maybe the government really is using HARP as a way to create hurricanes. But then that begs the question, right? If they're doing this, why would they want to inflict devastation on its own citizens, right? I mean, Hurricane Katrina. Why? Why would they want to do that? There, there is the theory that they create these hurricanes on its own citizens as a way to distract the public from what's really going on behind the scenes at the time. Kind of like, look over here while I'm doing this. So like, hey, we got something really bad that's going to drop that we're doing, whether it be, you know, something that was involved in the war in Afghanistan or Iraq. And they're like, hey, we don't want the population to worry about that or even pay attention to it so let's create a hurricane and everybody talks about the hurricane instead
0: or i believe the more darker theory that goes with that one is that harp created the storms to destroy villages and stuff on the islands in the atlantic to which then the like fema goes in and supposedly he's supposed to help, like, the kids, the adults, like, the families and all that. But then a lot of the kids go missing.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Child trafficking. Child trafficking. Okay.
0: Remember hearing about that when, uh, first time I ever heard about Harp, Especially, like, in all those uh, islands down there. A lot of kids go missing. Families can't find their kids and all that stuff. And people believe that people sending, you know, rescue crews down there are actually child trafficking kids. Because, hey, a storm hit. You know, the kids got,
2: you know, swept away. But no. Damn, that's dark. Yeah. Those poor people. It is. All right, Dean, tell us about this next theory.
0: So, this next theory is that the government uses HARP to not only create hurricanes, but also earthquakes as a tactic of war against other countries. Which they do have the history of using cloud seeding and weather manipulation in war. So, what's the possibility that, you know, It's plausible that they are using this to create earthquakes or pretty much any type of natural disaster.
2: To help them in a war, which I could see. Because like you said, right, they did cloud seeding and weather manipulation in Vietnam. Yeah. So, yeah, they would totally use it to get advantages in any way that they can. I could see it. Even if it harms its own people. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this last theory. And it's pretty basic. It's that everything about HARP is overblown. That it's just a facility that found out a way to study the sky, the ionosphere, but then the scientists quickly learned that it was a shitty way to study the ionosphere and it cost an asshole of money and it was not feasible anymore. So they were like, screw it, let's get rid of it. And uh, it's just you know, pushed as a conspiracy, you know, by the government to get your mind off of truly what's going on as well, you know? Yeah. And Harp is just pretty much basic. It's a outdated, expensive, shitty facility. If you had to pick any of these, Dan, which one would you go with? I would honestly
0: say the overhyped one, but not like actually overhyped, but more of a I mean, yeah, like what HARP does is, I think, is overblown. It's, I believe it's just one of many, many operations that pretty much it sounded like, sounded good on paper, looked good on paper. But then when they actually put it into action, they're just like, well, shit, this ain't gonna work. And they tried it out and just, it wasn't worth the money. I mean, there's tons of operations, projects, and stuff that they tried and then they realized, This just isn't worth it. Yeah. A lot of money's going this way. We could just, we could put more of this just into our military
2: if we wanted to. Okay. I
0: mean, like Acoustic Kitty. Come on
2: (laughs) now. Acoustic Kitty. Oh my God. That was such a bad operation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that this harp facility was basically, you know, on the surface, a way for the scientists to study the ionosphere. But I do think that the government was like, Hey, Maybe we could use this for other purposes, for tactics of war or something like that. And then they quickly found out it doesn't work that great. So let's just go back to studying the ionosphere with it. So they handed it over to the university and said, hey, we're going to put the money elsewhere. You know, the government said that, that we're going to put the money uh, elsewhere in a different category. But that doesn't mean that the government is not trying to mind control you, right, or that they don't do weather manipulation because they do yeah. manipulate the weather and they do try to control your mind. And that may seem like a conspiracy, but all I have to say is this. Go look up Project MK Ultra. It is a documented mind control operation that the government was involved in, trying to figure out how to mind control people. And as crazy as that may sound, just go read into it because trust me, it is. Way crazier. All right. So there you go.
0: Now, I do got to add this because I know someone's going to call us out on it. All right. There was a video that shows like this big engine thing, and people were saying that this was part of HARP and it created artificial clouds to where NASA was controlling the weather, which I did find the video for it, which I'm going to link you. And honestly, I don't think it's creating the weather, it's them testing out a jet engine. You know, for rockets and stuff. That's what it was. But I know people are going to bring it up. They're just going to say this was a this is the cloud making machine. It's making clouds. It's jet engine testing. You can see the flames under it.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. But as
0: you can see, the name of the video artificial cloud making machine used to control the weather by NASA.
2: Oh, my God. They talk about climate change and how people need to, like, get rid of plastic straws. (laughs) (laughs) Look how much freaking exhaust is coming out of this. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll have this video up on our website for anybody to go take a look at. Just go to theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the drop-down, go to references, and go all the way down to the bottom. And this video will be there for your viewing pleasure. So do you have anything else that you want to add to today's episode about harp? I mean,
0: honestly, when I first heard about it, you know, I was just like, oh, crap. You know, if they're actually doing this, that's crazy. But it's just there's not enough information to really say that it's really going on. Like it's like it's controlling the weather, wise.
2: And it's not like we can go inside there. I mean, Jesse Ventura, he um he tried to go into it, and they didn't allow him in there. But if you're a scientist, you can go in there.
0: Yeah, maybe I just need to become a scientist, go back to school. Then we'll go there and figure it out.
2: Yep. All right. Well, that is the end of the harp episode for today. I hope you all enjoyed it. And now we are going to transition to our on-the-scene. Ooh. Now, if you aren't familiar with what our on-the-scene is, it is where an individual around the world goes and records them questioning random people, or it could be, you know, just your family members, or it could be anybody. And you can ask them any type of questions regarding conspiracies or anything at all. And uh, that person then submits their audio recording to us, and we put it at the end of the show each week. Now, anyone can do this, like I mentioned. Anyone. Just make sure that the audio recording is less than two minutes long, and uh, it doesn't have to be perfect quality. Just make sure there's, like, no train in the background or anything, okay? And, yeah, send it to our email, Aaron at theoriesofthethirdkind.com, or you can send it to dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. And we will put it in the lineup to play at the end of our show each week. We do um, have a list of individuals uh, that we're going to play. And when we receive one, we just stick that one at the bottom of the list. And then as we play one each week, the rest of them move up. So uh, go ahead and submit yours and it will be played. All right. So our on the scene this week comes from Austin B., as in Bravo. And we will play that right now
1: what's up guys this is austin from the band left to the wild i'm a huge fan of the show i listen to it every day and i was just listening to the unexplained sounds episode and you were talking about the infamous the hum and i know you're supposed to be older to hear this but i'm only 24 years old and i am telling you i heard this sound I was living in a small town outside of an army base in Texas called Copper's Cove, and uh, in the middle of the night, I, I heard this exact sound. It sounded just like the recordings you played, and I also, I mean, I, I don't know. It was crazy. I, have, I can hear a wide frequency range, so I don't know if that has something to do with it, but I swear that was the hum. But another unexplained noise that I've heard, currently I live somewhere else in northern United States in a rural area out like the house is out in the woods. And I keep hearing this screaming noise at night. It sounds like a woman screaming like a banshee or something. And people around here, they try to say that, oh, it's a bird, I don't know doesn't sound like a bird to me. If I if I hear it again, I will go outside, I will record it and send it to you guys because this is terrifying. But uh, again, love this show. Keep up the good work. Uh, and hopefully I can get back on here sometime.
2: All right, isn't that crazy that he mentioned the hum? Yeah, especially
0: during this episode.
2: Yeah, and I just want to say, I don't listen to these beforehand. I just put them in the lineup. To play each week and I just pop them in and whenever we listen to them me and Dan listen to them at the same exact time for the first time so what a coincidence and I know exactly what sound that Austin is talking about that Banshee sound uh, let me see if I can find it um, Texas Banshee Scream yeah it's this one Was this going to give me like nightmares probably I will play that sound right now
0: Listen to this. There's a sound screaming. Like a, it's like a. It's like a scream. It's so freaking loud. And it's coming from up in the air, like up there. It's been going on now. What is that? I swear I saw like this thing when the lightning was flashing a second ago.
2: What the fuck? Dude, that's coming from, like, up in the sky outside of my apartment. So how crazy is that? It's a guy recording from, I guess, his window at nighttime. There's a storm outside, and it's dark, and you hear those banshee-like screams in Texas. Is that the Aztec death whistle? That's exactly what it sounds like, the Aztec death whistle. It's so weird. Ugh, you have one of those. I do have one of those Aztec death whistles. That's scary. Yeah. Uh. But anyways, hey, Austin, I appreciate the um on the scene. I love it. And you said your band is left to the wild. Let's take a little listen to that. See what they sound like. Hey, and don't copyright strike us, okay? Pretty hardcore. I can dig it, man. I actually kind of like it.
0: I like the intro to it.
2: Yeah. Friggin' good. Hey, Austin, thank you for the on the scene. Keep rocking out. If you ever play in uh, Austin, holler at me and Dan. We'll come watch your show. Boom. Yeah. Um. So that's the end of our on the scene this week. Now we're gonna move to shout-outs. All right. Uh, I'll start off with some shout-outs for emails real quick. All right. I want to shout out uh, Chance Wiseman and Shana Edmonds. Shana sent me an email and said, Hey, we spend our Thursdays rocking out to your episodes. I'm obsessed. And uh, her name's like, yes, Shania Twain. Oh, Shania Edmonds. My bad. But anyways, hey, thank you for the love and the support and for the email. Shout out to y'all. Uh, also, shout out to Christopher S. from Ireland. Sent us an email, said, "Hey, decided to become a Patreon member. Take my money, bitches." <laughs> nice. Thank you, Chris S. I love you, and I'm proud of you. Um, let me go to. Well, my phone's dead, so I can't give Instagram shoutouts. So I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I'll move it on over to you, Dan, for uh, your shoutouts, Facebook and email, and then we'll transition to birthday shoutouts. All right, so.
0: I think I'm gonna hold off on Facebook. I'm gonna let that build up a little bit more so I have some more for next
2: week. All right, good. Yeah,
0: so uh let's see Skylar J from Instagram, Stan and Maria from Discord, let's see David Taylor from Patreon, Damien from Patreon, let's see Dutsy McFly, you crazy some bitch, here's your shout out. Uh Enrique and his wife Jade, which I like the name Jade. My mom, being from Vietnam, like the one gym that she like really likes the jewel uh, is a jade. So she has a ton of like jade jewelry. Jade's pretty cool. Anyways, uh, then that's, it's Junior and his sister Molly. And I want to say there was one more shout out. I think it was from email. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Martha Kay and her daughter. Her daughter introduced her to our show a few months back, and she's been
2: hooked, it seems. So, yeah. Nice. Thank you. I love you. All right. So, I guess we move to birthday shout outs. So, our first one is from Alex Gayo. 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 I don't know how to pronounce your name, but your birthday's on May 19th, which was last Thursday. Said, hey, sending you guys some remote viewing all the way from the number one country of weird coincidences, South Africa. Ooh. Thank you, Alex. Happy birthday last week, and I hope it was a good one. So, of course, with our tradition, Dan is going to sing you happy birthday in South African. I don't know how to sing it out African. (laughs) (laughs) Just sing it regularly, I guess. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday.
0: Nice. Nice. That's my South African accent,
2: if you couldn't tell. Alright, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Sean McSherry. said, hey, can I get a shout-out for my 40th, 40th birthday on May, 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 23rd. If you sing me happy birthday, I will do an on-the-scene and take pictures of me in my T.O.T. 3K gear and post them up on my socials. Well, hey, you don't have to do that to get a birthday shout-out from us, okay? And uh, happy birthday as of this Monday. Sean, I hope it was a good one. 40 is, you know, it's not that old. Kind of old, but it's not super old. You're still pretty young. Still young, yeah. So for your birthday song, I'll do the first part and Dan will do the second part. You ready, Dan? I'm ready. Happy birthday to you. I hope it's a good one, Sean. I hope it was a good one.
0: Yeah, happy birthday, man.
2: Yeah. All right, so my next birthday shout-out is to Jocelyn Lopez. Said, hey, big fan, would love a birthday shout-out for my dirty 30. I'm turning 30 on June 12th. A little early there, Jocelyn, don't you think? (laughs) God dang, man. You should have sent us that email uh, next week. But, hey, I'll let it slide. I'll go ahead and give you a happy early birthday, okay? And she did request something inside here. If it can be a duet of Nickelback, that would make my year. Look at this birthday photograph. Every time I do it makes me laugh. How did our eyes
0: get so red? And what the hell is on Jocelyn's head?
2: (laughs) There you go. That's the best you're going to get because I don't want to get hit with a copyright strike, okay? I know how Nickelback is. I know how well-loved they are and how popular they are. Okay? All right, Dan, so what birthday shout-outs do you have?
0: All right, so these are some past birthday ones that I, we missed from Patreon. I'm still going through messages, still going through them. But, uh, see, Floyd's birthday from Patreon was May 13th, so happy birthday to Floyd. Aaron's going to sing happy birthday real quick.
2: Happy birthday, Floyd. I hope it's a good one. And guess what? Uh, hold on, how old is Floyd turning? I have no idea. I have no idea how old you're turning, Floyd, but I uh, hope you're doing really good in the boxing ring.
0: <laughs> and then he said, shout out to his wife, Rachel, and her son, Orion. Orion. Orion, that's what it is.
2: Orion. Oh, it's an awesome name. It is.
0: Then, uh, happy birthday to Nate. His birthday was May 19th.
2: Happy birthday, Nate. Nasty Nate, you nasty p-
0: Then, let's see. Happy birthday to Israel G. His birthday was on the 5th of May. Damn. And he had a special request. He wants a Macho Man Randy Savage
2: birthday, Aaron. Well, hey, you're running a little late. You're going to have to wait till next year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, uh, hold on. I got to get my Macho Man voice. <laughs> hold on. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. You come inside here. The cream of the crop. What's his name?
0: Uh, Israel.
2: Israel, yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. You come inside here, yeah. The sound is amazing, okay. The cream of the crump, it's your birthday, May 5th, yeah. Nice. God damn it! <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: and next week, Aaron will not be on this show because his voice will be messed up.
2: I almost just passed out, man. almost just freaking passed out in my closet. Oh, that would have been funny. Not really. <laughs> All right, what else we got for birthday shout outs?
0: All right, last birthday shout out. Is to spitbit. His birthday is June first, which
2: June first. Okay,
0: when will be next Wednesday?
2: Next Wednesday. All right. Well, spit. What is it? Spitbit. Spitbit. You sure this isn't like somebody trying to promote something? Nothing I know of. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a weird name, Spitbit. Hey, but I like it. And guess what? Happy birthday, June first. Congratulations. Dan's gonna sing you Happy Birthday. Happy birthday, spit bit. Ooh, I like that.
0: Yeah, that's my, I guess my Nickelback voice now. Okay. I don't think it's right, but, you know, we're going to go with it.
2: All right, so is that all your birthday shout-outs? That's everything for now. Okay, well, i got one last birthday shout-out to a special somebody, okay? Special somebody that, uh, you know, who's been influential on a lot of my decisions who I have to think and applaud with, you know, everything that I do and say is from this person. You know, I just really look up to this person and uh, it's me. It's my f***ing birthday. If it's May you. 30th. <laughs> it's this coming Monday. And I just want to say happy birthday to my f***ing self. Okay?
0: Happy birthday, Aaron. Thank you. You're going to get it again later.
2: Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of birthday shout outs. I think that might be the end of our episode. I believe so. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing. Every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will.
0: It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts.
2: Because you are not alone.